what we do here is go back, 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 back. Once that's not there, then it's just like, it's like a baby kangaroo on a trampoline. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Micah McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. We have the NFL Draft coming up next Thursday. Uh, we got some some good stuff coming. A lot of good quarterback talk about to be had. Uh, before we get into it, though, Andrew, how are you? I'm uh, doing well, my friend. It's, you know, one week out from the draft. Been a uh, grind in the film as much as I can as I have a full-time job, um, wife and a child, you know, but it's been nice to get into these quarterbacks. I get, I get really geeked out about quarterbacks for some reason. You guys probably know that, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to, to finally get here. And I'll, I'll just disclaim this. There's, I, there's this weird like nervousness that I have when I'm doing this because it's not that I want to be right. You know, I don't care about like, Oh, like I'm smart, but I'm like, I also have this responsibility that it you know if, if i'm looking at it and i'm representing the pod that i gotta be close you know i can't i can't have some some one-offs you know that are just like yeah you had that guy at two and he got cut you know in in training camp you know so anyway so i'm excited good nerves let's call it i'm anxious i'm happily anxious you know so let's do this thing as far as breakdown goes you know we're gonna go go through this um we're gonna review uh, my list from last year see how close i was there mikey can roast me if you'd like to um and then we'll get into you know top five quarterbacks coming into this draft all draft episode today let's get right to it huh yeah absolutely so the way we're going to start this off is i'm going to go through the list of what andy's top quarterbacks were from last year uh we're going to go five through one so at number five mac jones uh went to the patriots there was question marks of whether he was going to start, whether Cam was going to do it. He ended up ultimately getting the starting job. And then number four, Trey Lance came in. Same kind of thing. They, you know, question mark whether he was going to start. Jimmy G started all year. Number three, Justin Fields. Number two, Zach Wilson. And then number one, Trevor Lawrence. The 1-1 one, one in last year's draft went to the Jaguars. So, Andy, first, first thoughts about that list and, and how it ranked? Yeah, it's it's tough because, you know, we have, you know, players like Lance and Fields who, you know, Fields got limited exposure um, towards the end of the year. So we only got a glimpse of him and then Lance didn't even see the field. Um, so you could, you know, it, it's QB, obviously it's, it's a three to four year plan, right? So we don't, we aren't really going to know what these guys are, um, but at least as far as the first year is concerned, obviously a little lower on Mac Jones than I could have been, should have been. Um, he played really well, you know, I think. His upside is is was always the question mark that I had, but I think for we talk about all the time that with his skill set in the right system, clearly can be productive. Has had a lot better arm than I originally had thought. Um, an NFL ready arm, so you see him make the plays down the field. You see him zip it into some tight windows, and so a little bit lower on Mac Jones, but happy to see he was successful last year. And then, you know, probably I would I would flip flop Wilson and Lawrence if I was going to redo it. And this has nothing to do with the teams necessarily because both are dumpster fires, you know, but I think from what I saw with Wilson and just 
his elite traits showed early and it, he adapted quicker than Wills or than Lawrence. You could tell Lawrence struggled a little bit with his progressions, which it was a pretty, you know, cookie offensive scheme with Clemson, you know, all the talent around him. So I think you, you showed, and he did progress throughout the year too. Don't get me wrong, but I think you, you saw him struggle a little bit working through progressions, had some, you know, the NFL is a lot faster than ACC, you know, conference. So um, you saw him get, he got picked a little bit, tried to force some things and didn't really get into his, find his rhythm until later on in the year. And I think he's going to have a good year too, but I would, I would flip flop Wilson and Lawrence if I was going to redo it. Also too, you look at things and it's like, what he had to go through with Urban Meyer there and all of that stuff that was going on too, undoubtedly hindered, uh, you know, that progression that he had. And when you saw progression out of him, surprise, surprise, it was after Urban left kind of later in the season, you kind of saw some things unfold a little bit, but I would agree. I feel like, um, like you said, with Zach Wilson, it was not that it's not because New York fans are just second behind like Philly fans on like so hot and cold of like, we're done with you or we absolutely love you. But it seemed like one week Zach Wilson was a bust and they should move on from him. And then the next week it's like he was balling out. He was doing hella good and, and everybody loved him. But I think you saw more flashes of things with Wilson more, you know, like you said, Lawrence kind of was in more of a cookie cutter offense. So I think it'll be interesting to see what uh, year two looks like. You know, you are going off of all of college stuff and and we didn't quite know where people landed at that point, you know, because scheme where they land is very important too. So outside of Lawrence, we didn't really know where some of these guys were going to land. So, yeah, it's all about team fit, right? So Wilson going to the jets, um, you know, fields to the bears, like you mentioned, Trey Lance going into a situation where Jimmy G was the starter and fields going into the the bears team where, you know, they had Andy Dalton already kind of pegged as the starter there. So we'll see. Um, and then, you know, uh, Chicago did turn over their, their coaching staff. Um, so they got a new staff there. Um, we'll see what that brings out of fields. And then um, we'll see what the whole Jimmy G situation is with Trey Lance and him hitting the field. But I would, I would imagine for all intents and purposes, once Jimmy G is healthy where he could pass a physical, um, cause that's part of it. I, w- I would imagine he gets traded over the summer and finds a home for, and it could, they could even wait for something like a, unfortunately like an injury training camp something like that where they a team needs a starter and they need to go you know we'll see how the class ends up but um yeah i guess overall consensus i thought i thought it was close um but i think if you were talking about if i was going to do it again wilson at one i'd push mac jones up um above trey lance and i'd probably keep that four i don't think i'm moving to three so that's where it is at least for my measure yeah and what's funny is you might put Mac Jones up there higher if you're talking about like if you're looking at ranking them as like who's quarterback ready for the NFL right but we're talking about you know the top quarterbacks ranked based off of you know upside and how well they can do and whatnot so it'll be interesting seeing what Mac Jones goes into year two after having the starting job and essentially you know getting handed the keys to the car and gonna have a year two to run with it unlike Lance and I guess Fields, he got half a year, you know, quarter of a year. But, yes, it'll be interesting. We might have to just revisit, starting with this draft here, just revisit it every year on where where things pan out for four years of that draft class. Yeah. God willing, we're doing the pod in <laughs> eight years. Oh, heck, yeah. <laughs> we, we'll have a studio by then, man. Let's speak it into existence. But This episode is brought to you by DraftKings. The NBA playoffs means next-level basketball. 
Get in on the first round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, each day of the first round, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of playoffs, and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, well, let's move on to this to this list. And now, just um, disclaimers, okay? I'm going to tell you how I, how I look at it. Now, once again, I'll hopefully be the last time. I'm no QB expert. Um, I am fascinated with the position. I feel like I have the ability to at least determine what I what good looks like in the NFL, or at least where the NFL is going, which I'll touch on. So I have my list of top five quarterbacks. I will start around current NFL quarterbacks, common traits, similar skill sets that the outliers, I guess the traits and skills for the outliers of the NFL, um, which I don't think anyone will be surprised by that list. So I'll get into that. Then we'll get into the list. Um, I'm going to go five through one as if we're going we're gonna to keep everyone on their toes. They're just like, oh my gosh, I can't I wonder what number one is, you know, for Andy's list, you know, but we'll go through that and then, yeah, we'll have some fun. So let me just get started then. So top, at least once again, through my lens, top NFL quarterbacks right now, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Herbert, and Joe Burrow. That's what I think you could fight for the fifth slot. Go ahead. But that's what I would put, hang my hat on, um, at least for the current NFL. Common traits for these guys, size, everyone's, you know, over 6'2", over 215, right? It's not the the league has changed with how they look at that specifically, where it used to be like, got to be 6'3", 6'4", you know, whatever. But like, so everyone's over 6'2", so they're tall, tall enough, and then have 215 pounds, you know, have at least the strength in the body to take hits, to make runs, take the contact if they need it, what have you. So athlete, each quarterback is good enough to avoid pressure in the pocket, extend plays in the pass and run some more than others. I guess what, what I look at is they're all pass first, right? So if they extend the plays and get out, they're still looking for something down the field to threat and they don't just go and take off. But you look at Josh Allen and Herbert specifically a little bit more top end speed, um, where you see them extend, you know, plays or, you know, not get six yards, but might get 12, 15 yards compared to Mahomes, Rogers and Burrow, um, but still good athletes, arm angles and off platform ability. So I, if you look at these guys, I think you can tell that they can throw from their normal arm angle. They can throw from the side, they can throw over the top. They can get creative in how they release the ball, right. Which helps in specific whether it's the receiver is in a specific area or if a defender a D lineman's in your face to get around them. And when they extend, like I talked about getting out of the pocket, escaping pressure, they can also throw off platform, not your basically ideal base lower half to be able to deliver the ball. So the arm talent's good enough to support the different arm angles. And also their arm is so good that they're, they can be off platform and their lower half, I guess, can be a little off kilter and they can still be accurate. And then, oh yeah, and then arm strength and accuracy you can make throws all across the field, sideline to sideline, as well as having, um, you know, the arm strength to, to hit deep balls. These guys all have 
you know, they throw piss missiles all over the place. They have the strength to throw the deep ball, but I think it's underrated the ability to throw horizontally across the field from, you know, 15 to 25, right? Throw all, all across there and also make throws with accuracy um, in tight windows. So because the arms, the arm talent's so good, because they can throw from different platforms and angles, when they're when you extend the play and you look at it and you see this tight window that's at 18 yards, let's say, they have the confidence and the ability to just put it in there. You know what I'm saying? So it's not all about can you throw it 60 yards? Like how many times, how many throws last year were just like 70 yards, you know, 60 yards in the air, travel distance? Not a lot. Okay. There were some and they were cool. But really where what separates these guys is the ability to look at it and say, I can make this throw and throw it at such a good such a good ball and accurate where it's either fits that window or, you know, like when your tight ends going up the seam, throwing it on the back shoulder to make sure that he doesn't get killed by the safety over the top. You know what I'm saying? Like, so they can make all those throws and you can, you will notice throughout the NFL with different quarterbacks, not a huge knock on anyone, but when they extend the plays and get out there, really some of these quarterbacks too, that we're going to get into when they extend the plays and get out, they don't have the confidence to make that throw. Right. So then they're like, I'm either going to go run for three yards or just throw it out of bounds, which is fine. But this is what we're talking about is the elite quarterbacks and, and what separates them. And that's, that's how I see it. So thoughts on that. Did that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely made sense. And I think that's a good in-depth thing to look at because those are all the things that teams are probably looking at. You know, this is where the quarterback is nowadays, uh, the modern day quarterback, same kind of thing. Who are the top guys out there? What do they do well? So I think that's a good list of barometers to, uh, you know, tackle and, and look at when you're doing this. And excited to see how that uh, how that all transforms into this. Well, yeah, and that's kind of why you know I, I like to start it out that way because that is the lens I'm looking through, right? So when I'm evaluating these guys, like you mentioned, this is how I look at these guys, and this is how I measure it. So just kind of give some framework, and that's what I'll reference here. So, all right, ready? Number five. Desmond Ritter, okay, quarterback out of Cincinnati, 6'4", 215, you know, Cincinnati, uh, non-Power 5 school. They obviously went, I think it was 11-1, 12-1, made it to the college football playoffs, um, lost to Alabama in the semi. So I watched his Alabama tape because every other game was, you know, fine. What I tried to do is I said, I want to see where they either play the toughest competition or one of their better games, or maybe one of the, their, the games they struggle in, again, but against good competition. So the best way you can actually translate similar NFL type of players that are going to be there on Sunday that they will face. So I just happened to watch the Alabama one because they didn't have a great schedule, um, and a lot of those dudes are going to be in the NFL. So what I look at is, for Ritter specifically, some of the pros for him. Size, 6'4", 215. He's going to add on some weight, but a good frame, a good body. It's a good NFL body that is he's going to be able to take hits, shed tackles, things like that, um, be able to create in the pocket. And I think he showed that in college. Um, I think he's a great athlete, um, 4'5", ran a 4'5", 40 at the combine. I don't read into that necessarily as far as like straight line speed. He's how many times is he, is he going to be running 40 yards straight? Not a ton, but he has, he's an athlete. He has burst and that's going to allow him to similar to the Josh Allen, um, Herbert, um, they're, they're around there. They're like mid five, five guys is, is if they get out and there's, and there's a crease, they could be gone. You know what I'm saying? So they might be able to get the, you know, take the edge a little bit and get up the sideline. They, and then he has the ability to take to the house, you know, 40 yards out, which then he would run his 40 in a straight line. Hopefully he has that ability and it's definitely a threat. So a really good athlete overall. And it's very needed in, in the NFL. You could see the, ath- the limited athletes, um, at quarterback and really they have restrictions on what they're able to do. So 
good stuff there. And I think he's a good deep ball thrower. Um, I think he, he takes, he, he took a lot of shots at Cincinnati. Um, he had, and I did watch some other, some other games and I, sorry, I spent more time on the guys that like on probably five, four and three, because I already had been invested in one and two. Um, so spent more time. So I watched more of Ritter's games, just highlights, but he, he can, he can throw the deep ball. He can throw it well. He can throw it accurate. You could say that, well, the guy was running down the field wide open, you know, it's like, congrats. Right. So there's a little bit of that, but that's just because they had talented players in Cincinnati and some of that lower competition they faced, they just kind of demolished, but still made the throws can hit it deep, has a strong, strong enough arm that he could succeed in the NFL. Now we're getting to the cons. Okay. We're going to get into the negatives here. And I'd like the dude, you got to understand. I like this dude, you know, I think four-year starter, great leader, captain, you know, it's cool. It's a non-power five team. You know what I'm saying? Like led that team, all that, all good stuff. Right. So I don't hate the guy. He's just number five. But he has his throwing motions way too long. It's basically an independent contractor. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, and you can tell a lot. And I didn't mention it with the the top guys in the NFL right now, but it's just, whack. you know, it's just quick. They can it, they can get from their load point and just and get it out of their hands like that. You know, it's kind of like a baseball-ish type throw where he gets he gets too long and over the top. And it's just it's all arm and there's just no lower half. For the most part, like honestly, probably 50% of the throws is you could tell it's just all arm and that's there's issues with that with accuracy and also time of delivery. So also his footwork in the pocket, it's sloppy. Okay. The Cincinnati offense, it was a one, what I put it was one read and then, oh shit. You know, that's kind of what I saw is that it was just like snap, look, throw the, throw the hitch, throw the swing route, whatever. Once that's not there, then it's just like it's like a baby kangaroo on a trampoline. It's just all over the place. And, and that just needs to get cleaned up. Right. So is it part of the offense that maybe did him a disservice possibly, but you could tell if you look at his long motion and you look and his feet aren't in line and his feet get jumpy or whatever, and just out of proportion, he's not setting himself up for success to be able to throw accurately all, all across the field. And the other thing I said is he's not a great thrower on the run. So once he, he, once he does escape, I just said, he's a good athlete and he has good speed. Right. But once he escapes, he's not accurate outside of the pocket. He struggles with that. And you could, you could watch it for yourself. Like he struggles once he does go to create plays, which is like, it's a good thing. He's an athlete and he's fast, but when he's creating plays outside of the pocket, he's not very effective in the past, you know, in the air. So I, I just look at that as, and say, okay, well, yeah, sure. He's a great athlete, but that helps him only in the running game then because he's very inaccurate as a passer. So all things considered, and he's, he's pretty high as far as like, at least from what I've heard in in the NFL from scouts or whatever, there's a lot of like round one buzz around this guy. I just don't see it. Even if he gets drafted in round one, I could be like, okay, well, I I'm not predicting it. I'm telling you what I evaluate him on. We'll, we'll check again. Like you said, in a couple of years and see who was right. And that's fine. I'm good with being wrong, but overall I put mid second round um, for him. I said Ritter is a great athlete who has progressed each year at Cincinnati. Lack of competition didn't help. He got exposed against Bama. Arm talent um, is there, but mechanics and accuracy need to be cleaned up. I think he's a day one NFL backup. He could develop in the right system as a starter. And my comp was Mariota, Marcus Mariota. So someone that is a good athlete, someone that struggles with accuracy, but really solid, you know, team first, you know, good leader, um, similar skill sets arm and leg. So I went Marcus Mariota for that. So done with Ritter thoughts, questions, roast go. 
Yeah, I thought all that was was fantastic, good information. I will. What I'm going to do is just so I can pose a question after every single one of these. I'm going to ask you what you think the best landing spot team wise for these players are going into this draft with you know what we know on who needs quarterbacks. And then I'm also gonna I'm also gonna ask you this question. There's gonna be two questions. So yep. one best landing spot mm-hmm. for him. The second question is your opinion on his highest draft spot he could hit, lowest draft spot he could hit. Cool. So go. Love it. Yeah, I would say as far as fit goes, you know, I would say someone, you know, a team like the Falcons or or the Commanders, you know, both have kind of like early to mid round picks in the second round. So as far as landing spots go, I could see him fitting well with both teams. Um, you know, schemes are similar in a sense, you know, Arthur Smith or not Arthur Smith. He said he's with someone else now. Sorry. No, Arthur Smith. Yeah. He's, he's the Rams head coach or not Rams, the Falcons head coach um, came from Tennessee. So a lot of it was, is off the run play action. I could see him being successful there. You know, I could see him, you know, where it's not all revolved around him and you get some weapons which both teams need, um, but you get them some weapons. I could see that, that being a fit. And then I guess if I was, so now it's, it's getting off of what I would do versus where I, I, I could see you go like a projection or prediction here. I could see him going in the back end around one high twenties, either a team trades back that needs a quarterback or one of the, some of these teams, like I mentioned in early second round trade up into the first round to get him if they value him that high. And also there's that, five-year command versus the four-year command um, that we've talked about. So I could see as, as early as late first round and as late as predicting where he's at right now, I'd probably say late second, you know, and if it were me, I'd probably at the latest take him in the third, you know, but he's a, he's a good enough athlete and, you know, character issue, no character issues, work ethic, all those things across the board, which you need those intangibles. So late one as early for me and then late second at the latest, I would say. Nice. Yeah. It's very interesting. Cause like you said, it's, you know, all the, all the upside and, and talent in the world, but just got to rein it in and, and sharpen up those edges and who better to learn behind, get drafted by the Falcons, your player comp. Yeah, Mark. Exactly. I was laughing at that too. Um, I, well, let me clarify and not to say that you were wrong. I may have led you this way, but I don't think he has very high upside. So a lot of the stuff that I look at is I look at the traits. I look at the, like currently where they're at with, you know, mechanics, certain things. And then it's like, what is, what is the upside? I think he has a, the upside to be a solid NFL starter like Mariota. Um, like Mariota is a fringe starter all the time. I think that's him. Um, so I don't think, I think, but that's still a good upside as far as like being a starting NFL, NFL quarterback, but that's with the right system with the right weapons around him. He, he would be more of a trailer than, than a truck. You know, he, he would be getting pulled by the truck. So trucks are trailers. We could do that one day. So that's Desmond Ritter. Good there. Absolutely. On to number four. All right. Number four. We got Sam Howell, quarterback out of North Carolina. 6'1", 220. I watched his tape against Notre Dame. Once again, didn't see him a lot on Saturdays um, because I don't watch a lot of college football. But So watched his game against Notre Dame. Once again, North Carolina, ACC school. Played some big competition um, this year, which I – he had a good game and they, I think they lost that game, but it was a good tape to watch. So positives for me, um, for him, he's got a live arm. Um, I think, you know, he has the arm talent to throw it across the field, sideline to sideline. So he can throw it across the field with velocity. So that's just arm strength. He has enough arm talent to get it there, which I do not believe number five 
Ritter has. Um, he's a quick athlete. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, kind of the twitchy quick athlete where it helps in the pocket and escaping, um, to get first down. So whether it's escaping a sack or escaping, getting the edge and, and being able to get a first down, he, he uses legs a lot in college more so than he has in the past, which I'll get to as far as the production goes. But, um, and I would say he's probably top one or two best deep ball throwers in the draft. Once again, if you, that system at North Carolina, it was, it was quick hits or go routes, <laughs> you know, it was just like catch, whack, hit it, or, you know, just four verticals, you know, to bomb basically. So, but he still hit those and I thought he was accurate. And I, and you, if I think the best, probably the best tape to watch is 2019 or 2020, cause he had, he just had more talent around him at the receiver position. They lacked a lot of talent, at least in the skill players wise. So going into some, some negatives here, you know, his, as much as he is a quick athlete, I think his feet get him in bad positions to throw the ball. So you escape, um, you know, he can escape, or even if there's not even pressure, he's always kind of, you know, he's kind of going, you know what I'm saying? To where if he does need to make that throw, his feet can be out of position and it, it leads to inaccuracy. Um, and then I also saw that, you know, just his motion similar, you know, with Ritter, it's way too over the top. His is like you, he played baseball. I guarantee you, I didn't look into it, but it, it's just, wow. You know what I'm saying? It's as if he's trying to, to slam dunk the ball and it's not a bad thing, but it, it can he threw, he threw some sinkers, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, okay, boom, there's this 12 yard curl route and he, and he throws and it's way over the top and he throws it and he spikes it, you know, two, two feet in front of the receiver. So I, you saw a lot of that where it's, it's just not smooth. And there's just, there's more negatives than positives when, when it's just strictly over the top. And I think there's, there's a good middle three quarter ground um, that he can find. And then, you know, like I mentioned, 2019 to 2021 decreased production or, progression you know i was just i'm like i don't know which one it is like was it the talent around him you know what i'm saying was it like was it him not being able to progress you know was his progression as a quarterback or you know production wise was it because of the team or was it because of himself you know and that's just something like i don't get into how many yards you know they throw for you know for the year it's like case keenum threw for nine thousand yards at you know what was it houston <laughs> you know when he came out it's like it's not about that but if you look at the production, then you can kind of analyze and say, okay, well, I know that they lost some guys at the receiving core or in the receiving core. Deami Brown last year was in the draft, draft by the Redskins. So, or commanders, they were the football team last year. But, anyways, you get what I'm saying. So, is it, was it the team or was it, um, you know, him, the reason he didn't progress that way? We'll see. And then also, I put one read and see you later. That's, that's what he does. He, at least from last year, there was a lot of one, my first read's not there, gone, you know, and I, it's number one, the NFL is too fast. He's not going to have the, the ability to do that. And number two, the way, especially with the plays of the scheme and everything like that, there's a lot there where you have to, you got to be able to work from one to two, and then you can come back to one or you go one to two to three, whatever. He's got to be able to, to work through the progressions and not just take off and get jumpy and his feet and body when there is not pressure in the pocket needs, everything needs to just chill out for a second. Okay. Just stay calm with there. And then he's a good enough athlete that he can just sit there, work through his progressions. And then if you get pressure, then you can go, right. There's gotta be some middle ground there that he's got to work on. And especially the, the NFL is not a, a one read you know, one read system. It, it's, you, you have to be, you have to be able to work through your progressions. And if it's not there, then you got to create something. And he has the, he's athletic enough to make it, you know, to create. And I just think that he gets a little jumpy at times. 
once again, I watched I watched a few other highlights or clips from from different games, and that's just my synopsis. Um, overall, um, kind of same like mid mid second round. That's that's how I see him. I like I just liked him a little bit better than Ritter as far as just really just his arm overall. Um, so I put Howell's a good athlete with a strong arm, excels with deep ball accuracy, has to fix his mechanics, which too often leads to inaccurate ball placement that will not be forgiving in the NFL, has enough tools to be an NFL starter. And if not, he could just case Keenum his way for 10 plus years as a backup. Like he, he's, he's one of those guys where I think he's talented. He's too talented to not be drafted number one and be, or be considered as a starter. And at his worst, I think he's just a, a journeyman backup and then play the case Keenum thing where you don't even get in the game and you just make bread, you know, like over, over 10 years. So and now my comp, they do look similar, just like size, face-wise. It's 2021 Baker Mayfield, okay? So <clears throat> I thought 2020 Baker Mayfield was a lot better. I say 2021, so Baker Mayfield of last year. He doesn't have quite the arm that Mayfield has in general, but I think a lot of similarities with the kind of a little too quick in the pocket at times. You know, Mayfield doesn't have quite the over-the-top, but – they, it, it kind of always is like, I'm trying to throw it through you every play, you know? So I see similar styles there, like last year's Baker Mayfield, but uh, yeah, I, I, and I like Sam Howell. I think he's, I think he can be, yeah, I think he can be good. Once again, I just see his ceiling as, yeah, I think at best he could be a good, good NFL starter. I, I don't see it at least to be in the upper echelons, top 10, top 15 quarterbacks, you know, but he could be a good starter for years. Yeah. So that's all I got for um, Sam Howell. Mike, any thoughts on that? The old guy out of North Carolina. Come on and raise up. It was funny as you were talking about it because last year, and people can go, go on the YouTube, check it out. But I did some, um, called the Raider Take Tape Talk. Did some uh, highlight stuff. And one of them was on Ifitu Melifanwu, um, Obi Melifanwu's uh, younger brother. But a few of the highlights were from North Carolina. And watching him play there. And I remember watching Howell and being like, oh, this guy's actually pretty like, he can be pretty nasty as I'm like watching these. But then it was like, also, he was just like erratic and just throwing it all over the place. But the first thing I thought, I was like, this seems like like a poor man's Baker Mayfield. <laughs> so it's funny that you did that comp to it. So I'm going to definitely just like change things up now. No longer asking you highest draft spot, lowest draft spot. I'm going to ask you for a high, medium, or low on upside from now on out of these guys mm-hmm. so i'm gonna go uh best team fit and then low medium high upside low as far as career trajectory yeah know. just how you see him you know like you said yeah. Riz, ritter didn't doesn't have much upside the way you look mm-hmm. at it whatnot just yeah um so i i guess so the first one is as far as fit goes i mean this is also kind of where these guys are picking but lions pick at 34 that'll be the third pick of their draft because they got one in 32 32 is from the rams um, so the pick at 34, I could see that being a fit. I could see just his overall, his, his energy, the way he cares about himself. Dan Campbell's just like down, you know, that you're like opposite Jared Goff. So let's do this thing. Or I could see, you know, the, the Seahawks, they got 40 and 41. If it's seeming like that, he might be coming off the board before they could use those two picks to get up um, closer to the top end of round two or late round one. I wouldn't take him late round one, but I'm saying once again, you could, I could see that because if you look at the, the the Lions right now and also the Seahawks uh, scheme-wise, same thing. A lot of play action, 
Obviously, we saw what it was like with Russell Wilson, but still that offense is stays with the run first mentality, work off play action, take your shots. He's got the arm talent to do it. He's, you know, got a better arm than Ritter, like I said. And so as far as um, ceiling goes, you know, as far as upside, I would say uh, it's hard. I, I, I think he has high upside, but his floor is, is, is so low that it not so low. His flow is lower than most that that's why he kind of falls in the, like this medium upside kind of leveling because I think he has the upside to be an NFL, starting NFL quarterback. But I also think that if he doesn't figure his shit out, like he'll just be a backup forever. So not terrible. So that's kind of like medium, medium upside, medium. upside. So we have Desmond Ritter, number five, Sam Howell, number four. Now we get into the top three meat and potatoes of the list. This is where the arguments reside. Yeah. For sure. you got number three. Yeah, this is what I've just been trying to wrap my head around. And these are all three names. I'll tell you the last three guys in general. It shouldn't be a surprise. But you got Willis, Pickett, uh, Corral. Those are the last three guys. Now, it's fascinating, and, and it kind of cements the fact that this is just not a really great QB crop in general. Um, they're good, but there's not one elite prospect um, which is why the opinions of who like of the top three quarterbacks in the draft is all across the board. I've seen even some with Desmond Ritter as high as two or one, you know, for some people. So, and, and that's why it's just like, that's what makes it fascinating though. So that's why I feel a little bit better about just saying, I'm just going to do it what I think. And you just, I'm just saying you can look all around a different, different list and they will be completely different. And that's, it's a cool thing, but not great for a QB needed teams because you're really just looking for the, the solution here. Number three, Kenny Pickett for me. Okay. He has been QB one. He's been the consensus QB one all across the board. Now I had a hard time because he's also a friend of the program, part of my take, you know, so always got to support those guys. But this for me is, it's just what I'm looking for in a quarterback. Now still really good. I'll get into that. Six, three out of Pittsburgh, um, six, three, two twenty. I watched his tape against Miami. So that was a big time game later on in the year. So it's easier to evaluate kind of those later games and say this will translate um or it's more accurate more accurate in that stance um but pros size um you know 6'3 220 is a great build poise you can tell he is cool common collective and, and accuracy those are three coveted things in the nfl and that's what makes sense as far as why he's so high on certain boards now the cons this is what this is the differentiator for me i don't see one elite trait that he has he doesn't have an elite arm. He has a good arm. He's not an elite athlete. He's a good enough athlete. And he's not an elite playmaker, you know? So I look at arm strength. I look at athleticism, playmaking ability. They're, those aren't elite for me. Is he is he probably one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the draft? Yeah, that's, that's great. But I don't think it's elite by any means. When it comes to it, I just think that to be in that top five, top 10 category, you there has to be something elite about you or you have to develop that um, and it needs to stick out, which will result on the field and I don't see it. So that's the biggest reason that he's at three for me. And yeah, kind of what I said, lack of playmaking. A lot of it is quick rhythm in the pocket. He is accurate outside of the pocket, but he doesn't have this, you know, multiple arm angles, off platform type of thing. It's like he'll get out of the pocket, get set and go, which is good, but he doesn't, maybe feel comfortable or have the ability to make those types of plays. And then, so yeah, and he's a good runner. He, he's a good athlete. You know, I think he extends plays. I think he can make, make things work, but it's not like over the top, you know, it's not the best in the draft. He's a good fake slider. 
he's a good fake slider. Yeah, that that was a cool play. But and, and I think the biggest question, which ties into this, is all the same, right? But I just said, can he be a superstar? Like I, I don't think so. I, I don't see a superstar in the making here, and that's I'm going to hang my hat on someone. Yeah, I might be betting on more traits that are developed um, or that are there, but just got to put it together. But just look around, okay? Look around what the NFL is doing. Okay, it started with Josh Rosen getting drafted at number ten just to trade him, pick Kyler Murray. The NFL is f- like basically vetting these guys out so fast and kicking them out. If you're not going to be that the person that takes us to the next level, because it's a QB driven league, always be unless they change the rules. Okay. So I just don't see a superstar with him. And that's why I'm like, he's a good starter. He'll, he'll be a good NFL quarterback. He's just not a great one. I don't see that at all. And that's why he's number three for me. I'll close this out and take some thoughts and questions by you. My grade is fringe first rounder. That's what I would look at him or late first, early second. Pick the most NFL ready quarterback in the draft. So that's why I, I think you look at it's a weird draft with quarterbacks. He's the most NFL ready day one. He's going to get concepts. He's going to be able to, you know, operate the offense. So the most NFL ready quarterback in the draft can favor some teams who need someone to run the offense versus betting on tools. He'll be a good NFL starter in the right system and has all the right intangibles to be successful. Good, you know, great leader, work ethic no you know character concerns so he's the cleanest he's probably he's just the cleanest quarterback in the draft right now um which makes sense as to why like some teams might just like think about it like kyle shanahan it's like just run the offense okay or mac you know look at the patriots mac jones just run the offense okay we'll we'll, we'll take care of it and it's not to like they would rather someone that is qb you know i football iq smart and then has all those things that are polished and he's accurate he can work through progressions you know he's great in that in that sense um, so that fits certain teams. So certain teams might have him higher on the board to say, hey, you know, think about uh, the Tennessee Titans, right? They're a sneaky team, by the way, that needs a quarterback. Tannehill is like in his 30s, has had up and down performances. But think of the Titans where it's like, hey, we got you. Okay, <laughs> we got Derrick Henry. You know, we got this bounce attack. You know, we're a pounded defense team. Make some plays off play action. Be able to make the throws on third and six. He might be more valuable to them than someone like, We'll just think of the systems, right? So some like like the Bengals, how the Bengals run. It's like they're just like it's all through you, Joe. You know, we're just gonna let you sling it, or you know, you you know what I'm saying, basically. So with the right system, um, he might be valued higher or lower, but I think he has all the right tangible skills, good enough to be a day one NFL starter. His upside, which is what we'll get to, I just don't see. I don't see a superstar in the making. Now my comp is it's kind of weird. Matt Hasselback ish. And Andy, like slash Andy Dalton, right? So those guys, they're accurate, good enough arm to make the throws, you know, sneaky athletic to where they can escape. You know, and Andy Dalton took the Bengals to the playoffs like for five straight years just to lose to the Texans on that wild card Saturday, but which was like every year. But yeah, I'm like, those are good starters. Those are good quarterbacks, you know? Um, And it's one of those things with the right uh, players around him. He could be, he could lead teams to playoffs. So it's just, can he be the difference of why a team makes playoffs or not when not everything's perfect, not perfect, but good around him, strong running game, weapons, et cetera. So pick at number three, Micah, give it to me. Uh, yeah, I think that it's it's interesting when you look at things and say, this guy is the most NFL-ready quarterback. Why is he not number one? Because we're going into the NFL, right? Who's the most ready to start in the NFL? But like you said, it's like he's got a lot of very good traits, but nothing quite elite. So fit for you. I'll remind the people that our last episode, we did a mock draft. Uh, Kenny Pickett went to the Steelers. 
does he have high, medium, or low upside? And also, where do you think his perfect perfect fit is in the NFL, team wise? I think he's 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 got the medium upside, and I almost I almost said he has low upside because that's is he's an, he's the most NFL ready quarterback in the draft, right? But it's like I think we have we've seen his ceiling. <laughs> You know, I think you, you look at it, it's like, what, what is really, is his arm going to get a lot stronger? No. Like, is, is he going to be this crazy playmaker off the platform, whatever? You know, I don't think so. At least he hasn't shown it. He's progressed at Pitt, but at Pitt, his first year, he was a true freshman when he started. He threw the, he threw the ball like 12 times a game. Like, they, they had a two-headed monster. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, he, yeah, he's, he's progressed, certainly. But I, I just think we know we've seen his ceiling or his ceiling's limited. So he's kind of in that medium to low range. But, yeah. Um, and then fit. Yeah. I, I'm just going to keep sending him to the Steelers. Cause I put that down here too. You know, they have um, pick 20, like you mentioned, they also have some like, like an early to mid round pick in the third where, you know, once again, they could trade up into the last latter part of the, the first round, you know, maybe the Bengals or, you know, something like that, get in the first round, get him um, and try to see, you know, lock in that fifth year. But that's what I see. All right. What do you like? What do you think? Do you, like, and I, and I, I know I geek out more about quarterbacks, but like, if you disagree, I, I want to hear you. I want to hear it. You know, no, it's fine. I, I haven't. That's the problem is I haven't dove into things as much as I did last year or really at all this year with stuff. I kind of have an idea of where different people are ranked, where, you know, certain quarterbacks and, and whatnot are where people like them. But it is a very interesting situation with him because you're like, you know what you're getting. And I agree with all of that, where it's like, he probably doesn't have a lot of upside only because like you said, most NFL ready quarterback and he's, he is what he is. It's kind of um, a more exciting Mac Jones from last year. It's like, you know what you're getting out of him. You know, he's going to be that high IQ guy. So I haven't watched enough of any film or anything to say one way or another, you know, you're wrong or yes, I agree. I agree with all the things you were saying. I'll let you get into your number two. I have an idea. I mean, Anybody listen to the mock draft, you might be able to guess what two the way two and one panned out. And I thought about that too because I was pit like I was pissed that I said it that way because I'm like, you're the only one, not like like you could pick up on it, right? But like I'm like, I knew I was doing these rankings this this week, you know, and whatnot. And I'm like, I'm pissed that I said it, but it doesn't matter. I think that he's he's definitely in the top three out of these guys. I agree with that. I think that. Well, I'm not going to tell you what I think uh, as far as the moving forward stuff. I'm going to let you get into your number two, and then we will discuss from there. Great. Um, my number two is Malik Willis, Liberty quarterback, um, 6'1", 220. This was hard because I look at these guys very – like the, the grade is hard because they're very similar. So I don't. I think it's a 1A, 1B for me, but I'll get into it. So – Powerful arm, probably the strongest in the draft as far as just pure, like he's just got a howitzer connected to his his body. It's like that thing just, you know, he can he can throw it. He's elite in the run game. I mean, solid lower half, like the way he's built, right? So it's a very strong 6'1", 20. It's like, okay, kind of short, but like he's pretty rocked up and like his lower half is like, it looks like a running back, you know? But, and also has like the running back level skill, um, when he takes off, which is, it's not just, oh, he's fast or he's a good runner. It's like, he looks like a running back, like he knows how to play running back. You know, it's like his, it's like the vision, um, the burst setting up blocks, things like that. When he's, when he's running the ball, that's what he's, if you just look at his stats, man, his bus rips off 20, 30 yard gains, you know, left and right. It's, it's a normal thing for him. So he's, 
his his trait is you know he has this playmaking trait where it's he's an incredible running back or incredible runner um so think about those like qb powers you know like down down on the goal line he even if he's not a starter he could be a, a day one just like he's the in the goal line offense you know where they're just gonna hey we're just kind of powered in there we're gonna run use your skill and ability to make contact get over the get into the end zone basically so i think that's a trait that i'm just like it's you know it's there it's clear it's evident so um and also his progress since the end of the season has been insane so like goes into you know had went to liberty so like not a lot of great talented teams they're playing the season ends he goes to the senior bowl and gets significantly better through there you know gets a lot of coaching he progressed he was probably one of the mvps of the, the senior bowl Going into the NFL Combine, you know, he's got a QB coach. He's working through these certain things that I'll get into. He's just made a lot of progression since then. And I think that's this work ethic, you know, it's just this work ethic, this leader, this he's, he's grinding, he's committing to the craft and he's he's working on the things that he knows he needs to clean up. So I think that's where I'm like, man, he's, I could see him, you know, it's like the opposite of pick. It's like, I could see him looking like a completely different quarterback in two years, you know, compared to what we saw using the same skill set that he has, but also just a lot cleaner version. So, you know, the negatives, I think, you know, you look at the level of competition and I don't knock, I, I, I don't look at it like, Oh, you didn't play in the power five. Well, then you're not good. I look at, okay, well, how did you play against the top competition? Old miss um, was a game that I watched 16 for 25 buck 73 and three picks. Okay. So that doesn't tell the whole story, but that at least you are able to understand if they are playing top competition, how do they do? So then I'll think of this for a second, like Josh Allen, right? Out of Wyoming. So you're like, Wyoming, they suck. But then when they played the big dogs, right? When they played, you know, Boise States, who's a good program, they got NFL players on there, played that that top of competition. He did he was the same and he was just as good and against that stuff. So that's why it's like that's when I'm like, I don't care. I don't care about that because everything else is telling me that it's he's got the tools and traits or whatever. I, he's just at Wyoming and scout the player, not the helmet kind of thing. You know, um, he just didn't Malik Willis just didn't play well against Ole Miss, but I don't knock him so much for that. So overall, mid first round grade is what I have 15 to 32, what I'd be comfortable with. So I said, Willis has a high ceiling. There's the answer to your next question. Willis has a high ceiling out of anyone in the draft. What he can do throwing on the run and creating plays is truly special has an NFL ready arm that once he cleans up his mechanics um, slash progression. Oh, I didn't get to the rest. Sorry, I, didn't get to, I just did level of competition. I got into my overview. Sorry. I'll, I'll finish this out. Has an NFL ready arm that once he cleans up his mechanics and progressions could be QB one for years to come. So a few knocks that I forgot to say is inconsistent mechanics. Um, his lower half isn't always in the right spot, which is fine, but if you're accurate, you know, and so that impacts his accuracy at times, Working through progressions, he hangs on to one just way too long, similar to what I said about Ritter. It's just like if one's not there, it just takes him a little bit too long to get to the second one. He still gets there, but it's just got to be quicker, you know. So the NFL is too fast. Similar thing, sorry. The NFL is too fast for you to not work through your progressions quickly and still has a little bit of a long motion. Um, so where, whether it's him over striding at times, and that's kind of the lower half mechanics or or his arm is just way it takes a little bit too long with it's that's got to get cleaned up so kind of lower half mechanics and also just got to be able to get the ball out quicker and kind of maybe cut down that the overall arm you know the way the delivery arm delivery because it's just the nfl is too fast and you got to be able to cut that down and be able to work through things and then you know then he can start throwing rockets right and he has the arm to do it once again howitzer um so yeah told you what my overall recap was and comp 
Now, go with me here. Steve McNair. Steve McNair, anyone? Tennessee Titans, RIP, by the way. But kind of same, like same, like very similar build, you know, very, I think, you know, uh, Willis is more of a threat in the running game, but McNair was quick. He was a good athlete. He made plays and he just had a throw piss missiles all over the place. Air McNair. You don't get that name because you can't throw the ball freaking 70 yards. So that's, that's what I saw. I'm like, that's, it took me a while because I was trying to figure it out. Like, you know, Russell Wilson's he's, he was too clean, you know, compared to Willis in that sense, but similar, but strong arm. I'm like, no, I I'm going with McNair. Okay. I'm going with McNair. I love that comparison because it is, it is easy to think of the recency bias of quarterbacks to, to make a comparison to, but what's interesting for me with Willis and I'm a little upset. You didn't think that he could go number nine to the Seahawks uh, like I had predicted, but that's okay. I think he, sorry. I think he could. The, the range was how I, where I would feel comfortable. I could absolutely see him going to the top 10. So I got you. For me, not knowing anything about most of these quarterbacks, I just kind of look at him as QB1 in this draft because it's so much up in the air with all of these guys, not a super strong class like you've mentioned and everyone up until this point has heard a million times. But I think the intrigue behind like, well, look what they said about Josh Allen and look what they said about Patrick Mahomes. And it's kind of the same, you know, knocks and like question marks and like, high upside but can he figure it out so i don't know i think i think the intrigue for me is where is where things come come into play 100 percent, dude and like the reason it was so hard is because his upside is is the high it's it's certainly the highest in the draft i could see him especially with the progression taking off and being just and especially where the nfl is going right having the ability to escape the pocket make plays you know, off platform and throw the ball 60 yards down the field that's needed and wanted in the NFL. And that's where it's going, dude. So it's like, once again, ton of upside for, for Willis. It's just, there are certain things that though they are coachable with the mechanics, those things, if they don't get fixed, like it, and this is stupid, he'll either fix them or he won't. <laughs> and if he doesn't, it just is going to have a, a, a negative, obviously a tough impact on where, what his true potential could be, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so before we get into your number one, what's the scheme fit for him? What do you think best situation for him would be to have that next level of success? Um, I mean, I think it was your call, dude. I think it's the Seahawks. Like, I think that's a perfect fit for him. I could see the the Falcons too. Um, you know, they're at eight, a little too rich for my blood. Maybe they trade back, but. Seahawks are at nine, still a little too rich, but that like play off play action, you know, where a team that wants to focus on the run, um, that focus is going to allow him to have a little bit of pressure taken off of him to be able to be um, really dominant. So I think, and, and they got weapons too, you know, look at the Seahawks with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, you know, Chris Carson came into, you know, came into zone, had an awesome year last year. And um, I could easily see that, that fit. And it's uh, the right weapons to support him in the sense where you got DK, um, you know, that's that big play, you know, 50, 50 ball guy, um, which will help with certain accuracy concerns. And then you have Lockett, who's a speed guy, um, you know, whatever he's a do it all guy. So I think those weapons would definitely support him. I think it's a good fit. So Seahawks make the most sense for me, replace Russell Wilson out with the old and with the new. Fantastic. I always love hearing. I was probably right. All right. The moment we've all been waiting for. <laughs> the mystery is now over. 
who is your number one? And why is it Carson Strong? <laughs> he, I was thinking about getting him in, you know, but that would be too mean to Desmond Ritter. It's Matt Corral. This is the guy I'm hanging my hat on. I'll rip through this. 6'2", 215. Pros, I mean, quickest hands in the draft. So it's it's the ability to get the snap, get it out, and it's accurate. It's just he can throw from multiple arm angles. It's fast. He's a, he's a great athlete. Um, so twitchy athlete that helps him escape pressure and create in the air or on the ground. He was another one that uses legs a lot um, because it's a skill set. There's not as good as Malik Willis, but he's close, man. He's really, really good athlete, good burst, and made a lot of plays at Ole Miss. Can make every throw on the field with precision and a confident risk taker is what I said. So he has the ability to make every throw, and he takes those chances when some may not. And I like that. Does that get him into trouble at times? Maybe, but I'd say it's it's needed. You you have to be able to take those shots and make those game changing plays in in those situations. So um, some of the cons, you know, it's his play style versus his frame. He's listed at two fifteen. I don't think he's two fifteen. Um, he looks a little leaner than that. And just with this aggressive play style um, in the passing game and in the run, that I just worry about injuries. And he did have some at Ole Miss. He he'll be knocked on scheme. Um, that he was in. So he was in the Lane Kiffin offense, very similar. A lot of college offenses run it. Just that one read, you know, kind of offense, you know, this RPO base, which is going to be good for the NFL because there's that, that we're moving that way too. But he'll get knocked for that, right? It Does he have the ability to get under center and learn the other nooks and crannies of, of certain offenses? So um, scheme will be important. Um, and then touch. I think he at times lacks touch. Everything is a hundred mile an hour fastball. Um, and it's just like, Hey dude, just don't, you don't have to, you know, it's cold. We're in green Bay. Don't break their fingers. You know, like, I just think at, at times he it's, it's, everything is just all gas, no breaks and Hey, get a little touch once in a while. Let's, you know, let's focus on placement compared to, I got to get it there. And his hands are fast enough and his arms strong enough that he can, and he should. So, um, that's the only thing I was just like, you know, I think touch, I think, you know, he had some injuries. So play style. And I think, it's really, do you trust his NFL IQ to be, yeah, sure. He was exposed to this offense, but can he pick up different offenses? Like, yeah. And I think he made some, even if the offense was a one read thing, I saw him work through his progressions. He went one, two, three, you know, he's able to see it, which speaks to his ability to pick up different concepts and also the the ability to, to read defenses and understand it, you know? So I'm not worried about that. He's pretty low, dude. Like he's, he's, he's like a four or five guy on most, most rankings, which is fine. And I got, you know, I got a little bit in my head about like, are you sure? But I, I think, well, I'll get to, sorry, let me close this out. Great. I just think, you know, early first round top 15 picks, that's where I would take him. Um, I don't think he's a true number one overall. I, I wouldn't do that, but I think you look at, you know, the Panthers, like I put him at in the mock, you look at the Falcons, you look at the Seahawks, you know, in the top 10, I would feel more than comfortable. I think, and he's, he's, He's a gamer, man. It's just like he has all the tools. He has all the traits. He's a great leader. He's a little cocky, and I kind of like my quarterbacks a little cocky, you know, a little chippy that way. But he's a gamer that way, and I just think that, once again, I I literally said I'm going to finish this out, and then I went on another tangent. So here's my overview. Corral's my guy. I'm hanging my hat on this dude. Um, Has everything you need in an NFL quarterback. Has a few things to clean up that are coachable. Isn't QB1 for a lot of scouts because his floor may be, I guess, lower than they're comfortable with. But QB um, is all about traits. I'm not drafting a safe quarterback with without high upside. Um, his upside is just just as high, close to Malik Willis as they're right there with a lot more polished ability throwing inside the pocket. So that's the differentiator for me. I think they have very similar upside where it's like they could be pretty dang good, man, top 15 quarterback in the NFL. But 
Corral is just better, cleaner inside the pocket. And his mechanics can get hit like, because he's got this kind of like quick twitchiness, like if he escapes, you know, escapes one blitz, his shit will be all off. Like his left foot's pointing this way, you know, but he can still throw with accuracy. You know, he can still throw lasers across the field with his, you know, lower half a little bit out of whack, which is required because it's not always going to be perfect. He has the ability to do that. That was my question with Willis. So I think he can be productive, you know, in the running game outside of the pocket, but he can make all the right throws outside the pocket. And mostly he can just chop it up inside is a lot cleaner of a quarterback in that sense. That's the difference between those two. And that's what I had. I, I didn't even have a comp, by the way. I didn't get to a comp because I didn't have time. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I'm, let me think about the comp. It, it, it's my number one guy, and I don't even have a comp for him, you know, but I'll let you talk now. It's all good. Well, I, I don't have much to say about him. I, like I've said before, didn't dive too much into, you know, this class or whatnot. Having Lane Kiffin as your coach, I'm sure that that can go both ways on whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. But all in all, I think that with this quarterback class, easily the three guys you named in your top three could all be jumbled into either one of those slots just because of the uncertainties behind just about everybody. But don't knock you for having Corral there. Corral, Corral, Coral. I've heard it all three ways, but let me ask you this. Being your number one quarterback, where do you Mm -hmm. think he goes and where would be the best place for him to go if there are two different answers? Well, they kind of are, I guess, because where I think he, once again, I think the NFL is a little lower on, on him than I am. If I was going to predict what's going to happen, I I could see him late first round. I also wouldn't be surprised if he slips to the second. You know, I think there's with the injury stuff and like there might be certain flags on him that aren't as that might just attract certain teams and say he's he's we're not taking him in the first two rounds. I don't know. Right. So I, I could see late first round, early second, just like a lot of these guys. And as far as best fit goes, I use the Seahawks for Willis. So honestly, let's just go the commanders. Okay. I think he's like a Taylor, like a better Taylor Heineke, you know, it's like got a better arm. He's a better athlete. Um, He's a good leader. I think like you put him in there. I don't think he would be afraid if they're like your QB one now, you know? Um, So I think that'd be a good fit for him. Similar thing. They, they do like to get the established to run um, with Antonio Gibson, but also have, you know, he's good out of the backfield, scary Terry out there. They got weapons. I think he'd be a good fit. Um, I just think he's an alpha man and I, an alpha man but uh yeah i think the commanders make sense you know even though they're a little bit lower than the the seahawks and i had them going to the panthers i I, obviously i could see that fit but i'm saying if it was best case scenario i'd say man commander's got really good defense take him later in the first and he's got the weapons and the skills to to be successful day one yeah and i think what's interesting about this list and i'm just thinking as it as you're as you're saying all these things I don't know if I it definitely wasn't that way last year. I guess it I guess it was a tiny bit, but where they uh, seeing these quarterbacks where you have them ranked is not necessarily where a, a possible prediction of where they're going to be drafted is, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's the funny that's what's interesting and kind of tells the tale of the uncertainty behind this quarterback class. It's like this is your number one guy. You could see early second round, late first round, but then, oh. you know, Willis you said you know, 15 or on, or, you know, pick it late twenties, maybe into the second. It's just like all over the place almost, it seems. And it's interesting that. Yeah. One's going off of what I've heard. And this is what I think, you know, so what I've heard is that it's Willis and, and Pickett, you know, as QB one and QB two or, you know, vice versa. So yeah, I could see them going in the top 10, you know, 15, 20, whatever. 
I wouldn't. I would. I would probably like. I already told you where I'd take him. So I could just see if you want to predict someone taking Crow in the late first or wait until the second. You know, that's just at least what I've heard. It doesn't mean that's how I look at him. So yeah, it is. It's it's interesting, and that's what makes it fun, right? Is you can have, like, I could just rip off Daniel Jeremiah's top five quarterbacks if you'd like, and just read his reports. That wouldn't be fun for anyone. So yeah, that's how that's how I feel. And I'll tell you this, and this is a stupid story, but. So my guy, Chris Sims, he does, you know, he does the NFL QB rankings. He does the NFL draft rankings. And he just, his came out, I don't know, last week or two. And it was, it was similar to this, but he, he had Willis at three and Pickett at two. And so I'm like, okay, well, after I started looking into it, I'm like, I really, I, I think Willis is my two. And I was like proud that I'm like, see, I'm not going chalk like Chris, you know, Chris, because I really like, I like the way he looks at things. And then I listened to his podcast this week and they, they referenced his rankings and he's like, yeah, I, honestly, I think I'm, I'm going to flip Willis and pick it. I'm like, no dude. Cause now it looks like I'm ripping you off here. You know, anyways, stupid story, but That's these are, funny. these are the things that keep me up at night, you know, not real world stuff. There was a player that you were excited about your player projection on where you're like, I truly feel like this guy, like this is who yeah, it reminds me it, of. It was Derek Stingley Jr. and I said, he, "This is uh, Marshawn Lattimore." Oh yes, that's right. and I was and yeah. I was happy for myself until I saw that everyone said the same thing. And I'm like, because I'm not because I take it I'm not going to be like, oh look, I'm so smart. I'm going to be like, see, and that everyone thinks, dude, you're not that creative, okay? But it's not about being right. I just like I want my own brand on these things sometimes, you know. I want to personalize it. Anyways, that's my rankings. All right, it's a good exercise. Unfortunately, we just got noted by our producer that we are out of time today, but. We'll get to the um, try to do some draft props for you guys next week before the draft. Get you set up to make some cash Thursday, Friday night, and Saturday too, if you'd like. That's all. It was fun. Raider Nation, as always, stand up. We love you guys. Shout out again. I talked to my guy, DG. If he's listening, because I know he will be. He called me last night out of the blue and just wanted me to know that he still listens to the podcast and he loves what we're doing. And we love him. And I love you guys. So peace out. Till next time, Micah, take us away, Earn. As always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts. Go check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to that as well. Uh, go check out the website, RaiderTakePodcast.com. Get your merch. Check some things out. All the spots where you can find us on social media. So, hope you guys enjoyed it. Andy's quarterback rankings. Got the draft coming up next Thursday. So, Raider fans, you can sit tight on Thursday uh, with your popcorn, chilling. Who knows? Maybe we trade back up, but we don't have to worry about Thursday night. And I'm happy about it. And that's the first that's a, that's the first time you could say that in a long time, I'm sure. So get ready for day two, third round for the Raiders pick, and we'll see y'all next week. Peace.